Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Yesterday in the morning, we were up uh, running around having to do some uh, early morning stuff. And there was a guy across the street from us. And it was cold yesterday morning. And he was washing his car in the driveway. Ouch. The hell are you doing? Plus, the wind was blowing so hard. It was just taking the water from was his it like hose. A, uh, like a, a, a summer, like a, a sports car? Was he no. putting it away, maybe? No, the guy, actually, the guy across the street from me has a uh, newer Corvette that sits in his uh, garage. Right. And uh, over the summer, a lot of his uh, small penis friends get together. <laughs> they have a convention <laughs> with all their Corvettes. <laughs> but no, this is just a standard, I don't know, typical everyday car. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's uh, one of these guys. He's always doing something to it in the driveway. You know, he's washing it or he's changing tires or he's right. doing his own brakes or, yep. his, you know. I just thought, boy, it, like I was freezing leaving the house just to get to my car. Mm-hmm. What the hell are you doing outside with a hose washing a car this time of year? Yeah, it really felt like fall this weekend. Mm-hmm. It certainly did. Uh, now, speaking of fall, Halloween, not that far off. And, of course, uh, a lot of times you hear stories about people getting upset because somebody in their neighborhood has put together some sort of display that's too graphic or too gruesome. But uh, some residents in a neighborhood are upset because one of the homes have decided to put a uh, Halloween display up that's a tad too sexy. Oh, Halloween. Yeah. This guy has got a decoration showing a skeleton pole dancing on a street sign. <laughs> while two other skeletons sit on a chair nearby holding up fake bills. <laughs> That's great. So, of course, neighbors complained and the city told him he had to take it down because it's a code violation about oh. having anything hanging on a street sign. So he complied, he took it down, but he just moved the display onto his own property. He also made it bigger and added lights, music, and more skeletons. Fantastic. Yeah. I'd like him to add a caption on one of the skeletons on a chair that says, I'm getting a boner. (laughs) Some neighbors like the display so much they've added their own decorations to it. (laughs) Others still don't like it. One neighbor said, I guess teaching our children respect, decency, and manners has gone by the side. Yeah, of course. So, anyhow, that's funny. And uh, do you find, as you're aging lucky, if you ever have the opportunity to dance, say you're at a wedding, or maybe you're out and you've had a couple of drinks and you feel the urge to do a little shuffle to the Mm. music... Um, are you now at the stage of your life where you're putting your hands in the air as you dance? Oh, the trumper? Are you a hands in the air kind of guy? Uh, I am not a dancer. At I, all? I, well, I have, I think I've packed away those dancing shoes. <laughs> um, and, uh, and they are firmly planted in the closet or wherever they, they might be in the garbage by now. I, uh, I laugh at this story because I'm yes, not a hands high guy. No way. Never? No. Uh, no, there may have been a time. I think you're lying. I back think we the, all do Back the in the Macarena there. days where hands would have gotten up a little more involved, but that's about it. I, I, I laugh because reading this story yesterday, we had uh, the family over for a dinner, and we were all cooking in the kitchen, and we had music on. And so at some point, I was doing a little shuffle in the kitchen with my hands in the air, and it turns out that it's just another sign that I'm old. <laughs> 
some guy uh, was at a club, and uh, a woman said to him, who was younger than him, called him out for it. They were dancing in this club, and his go-to move was to dance with both hands up and his elbows slightly bent. And even if you put a clap in first, and if your palms face like you're about to raise the roof, you're definitely old. Right, yes. He said once she pointed this out to him, he realized it's how his mum dances. <laughs> so he suddenly felt like he was way too old for the club. I don't know. Yesterday in the kitchen, I thought I was cutting a rug. Of course. Yeah. You're just holding up the roof. Well, that's what a box of red wine will do to a guy. <laughs> and some, uh, what were we dancing around to? Oh, I found this, uh, oh, we were making homemade pasta. So we, uh, of course, I, dancing for that. Uh, well, see, so what I've become really good at finding playlists that are like completely appropriate to the moment. Okay. So like if you're making pasta or doing a, uh, like, Pasta playlist, boom, it's old Italian. Music. Really? Okay, I yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Whatever's going on, I got a playlist. <laughs> I'm ready at all times to <laughs> do a jig. There was um, some research done in Britain about how people butter their toast. Because as we know, tea and toast is big in England. Right. I actually do love sometimes just a cup of tea. And a nice piece of toast with some butter. I do like buttered toast. It's lovely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On average, uh, Brits butter about 574 slices of bread a year. Seems like a lot. Seems like, well, you get a couple of slices going. That's uh, that's a couple a day. Yeah, adds up. So some uh, psychologists weighed in on how uh, different people butter their bread and what it says about them. So we have different buttering techniques and what each supposedly mean. All right. So if you're a glider, you just toss some butter on, glide it across the bread once or twice and eat it. It means you're laid back, easygoing, and okay with change. All right. What other ways are there to butter bread? There's other... nine different ways. What? So settle in. <laughs> we got some distance to go here. Now, I will give you a little life hack because for the longest time... Is using your fingers one of them? I, I, I'm, no. I'm lost here. There's a lot of ways to butter your bread. <laughs> There's lots of different techniques to butter in that bread, Leggy. And here's a little life hack. Don't keep your butter in the fridge. Right. I mean, for the longest time when I'd make a grilled cheese sandwich, you know, if the butter was in the fridge, you get the bread out of the freezer because we'd freeze our bread. And most of us, if you don't go through it that quickly, you freeze it. And then you got to get spread in the butter while the bread is still frozen so it doesn't rip apart. Mm. And then one day I left the butter on the counter and it softened up a bit. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the second out of nine different ways to butter your bread. All right. The, the first is what? Spread gliding? The glider. All right. Just toss some butter on it, glide it across the bread once yes. or twice. Total coverage. Every square inch of the bread must have butter. If this is the type of person you are. Okay. You're methodical, yep. precise, organized, and like to be in control. Right. I see you as a total coverage guy. I do like total coverage on the on the bread. All right. I mean, who wants to have a, a, a bite of bread without butter on no, it? No, it's true. The clumper. That was my nickname in high school. <laughs> That's minimal spreading. Just one or two pads of butter mashed into the bread. Now, if you are dealing with cold butter, then you likely are going to be a clumper. Yeah. 
And, right. and if you're, because uh, if you're not, who's going to really wait for it to warm up? No, nobody has that. Time. You're clumping, hoping that it melts a little bit so that you can then spread. That's right. But if you are the clumper, you think outside the box and like to do things your own way. You also tend to be late a lot. <laughs> what, uh, what? Late or laid? Late. late. Oh. No. No, never laid. The clumper, say. listen, much like in high school, the clumper never gets laid. I know that to be a fact. The uh, would you like some toast with that butter? If you weigh, if you use way too much butter, heavy spreader. Yeah, <laughs> like a thick paste on there. Uh huh. Right, it's not cheese. If you uh, if you like a lot of butter on your bread, you uh, you have a happy disposition. You enjoy life, and you don't mind overindulging. All right. That might be me. The crust avoider. You butter the middle of the bread, but don't go to the edges. It's a sign you're extremely neat. You don't want to make a mess, so you make sure your butter you butter inside the lines. Oh, all right. I was going to say that that person just didn't want to eat the crust, so they weren't getting close to it, which though make them a little particular. It is so odd that whole not eating crust thing. Mm. Like really, like I don't like the ends of bread. I'll throw those out. Yeah, the heel. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I never understood the cutting the crust off. Well, I guess for some, it's it's the uh, consistency. Like you get mm. you nice uh, moist bread in the middle, but then the crust is too hard. Mm-hmm. Depending on the bread too, it could be very hard. This I've never heard of, and I think you're a lunatic if you do this. The double cider. You spread butter on both sides. Oh. But they say, these psychologists say, it's a sign you're creative, live by your own rules, and don't mind being the weird one. Right. It's also a sign you're not going to live very long. (laughs) (laughs) How's the cholesterol? And have we come to some resolution about margarine versus butter? Forever, there was always this thing about margarine was better for you than butter because right. butter had all this fat. Uh-huh. But then I read somewhere that flies won't even eat margarine. You mm. can put a tub of margarine out on a stoop and flies won't go near it. Well, I think uh, the big draw for margarine was the spreadability, mm. right? which says something that even when it's cold, yeah. it can be perfectly spread. Yeah. So you are a butter guy. I, I'm a I'm a butter guy. But I listen. What, what do I care if if it's the only thing <laughs> available? And they got I can't believe it's not butter. Yeah, sure. Now, if you had some toast and you had either butter, jam, or peanut butter sitting in front of you, butter, well, butter all the time, man. butter straight to butter. Hmm. I might have jam every now and then. You know, really get something. My mother-in-law makes homemade jam. It's mm. so good. But uh, I like the butter. Yeah, every now and then I crave a, a peanut butter and jam sandwich. Right. And I'll make it, and it's lovely. Mm. But it's rare. The tear and spread butter person, where you tear pieces off and butter them individually. Okay. I've never heard of this. I've done that. Have you? Yeah. Says you're fun, outgoing, and think differently. Well, that's not you. <laughs> you're neither fun nor... <laughs> Um, and it says you probably have good communication skills because you have uh, to explain yourself a lot. Right. The car, we're almost done. We're still going. Two to go. Holy cow. Yeah, there's a lot of way to butter that bread. The curler. They're referencing a specific utensil called a butter curler. I've never heard of this. This is very British. If you use anything other than a knife to butter your bread, it means you're smug and tend to think your way is the best way. You're also good at puzzles. Okay. And finally, the and when it comes to buttering your bread, 
the barely there. You use just enough butter to get the job done. Right. It means you're a go-getter who moves fast and doesn't waste time, or you're just on a diet. <laughs> what about those who bite the butter and then bite the bread? They don't spread at all. You seen this? <laughs> no, I'm just oh. worried. <laughs> just adding a tenth. <laughs> like there isn't enough. <laughs> Apparently, there's not enough ways to butter your bread. I would take the butter right off the uh, the knife. And <laughs> then take a bite. And give her a lick. The pumpkin, much like the real Christmas tree, is just an absolute uh, waste of money because there's not much else you can do with it. You cannot eat your Halloween jack-o'-lantern. No, it's rotting like crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, food experts say, no, do not do that. You can use a pumpkin as a cooking ingredient or as a decoration, but not both. Pumpkins are low-acid vegetable, so once they're cut and sit at room temperature, the... Uh, the disease starts growing rather quickly on the skin. Ugh. It's also not usually uh, following proper food handling procedures when you're carving pumpkins. Stuff like washing hands before carving, washing the pumpkin, carving them out, cleaning the surface and cleaning the tools. You can eat the pumpkin if you decorate it without cutting into it by drawing or painting on the oh, face. All right, all right, that's popular now. The big thing always was, and Maria always did this, is the roasting of the seeds. Yes. Which I didn't even like those. No, I don't like that either. <laughs> I'm out of town this weekend, so this is this is pumpkin weekend in our house. Okay. Adrian loves the seeds and to roast them. The kids want to do it. I, I see that one has popped up onto our porch. No, we got five of them already. Right. Yeah. And I'm not all that excited about it. So you're off to see the hider this weekend. <laughs> Sidney Crosby is his name. Is yeah. she... Is she... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's high profile. We're outing it now. Well, good for you. Yeah. Now, are her, are her kids staying with her ex-husband, or how does that? Uh... <laughs> so, I, you got are me they confused. your children? Right. Are they your kids? No. Or they're hers from I've a previous got, marriage? I know mine. <laughs> That's all you know. <laughs> I barely want them at times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. The uh, the pumpkin is uh, boy. They're expensive too. And as you mentioned before, the news. These farms, these pumpkin farms, are just doing gangbuster business, and I've driven by a few of them myself, and it's insane how packed they are. And I'm mocking these people, and then I realize and remember, oh yeah, I'm the idiot who goes and spends a hundred bucks to cut his own Christmas tree every year <laughs> with those same families. You're gardening on some guy's property, yeah. and you're paying him to do it. Yeah, and I have spent many, many a Christmas. Because they're only open for that month. I guess, you know, a lot of these farms are year-round grocery stores and do a, a variety of things. Yes. But these Christmas tree farms, it, it is just one month a year, and they are open seven days a week from December 1st till the 24th. Mm -hmm. And I stood there and I've counted, and I've seen tree after tree after tree go out, like every, say, 90 seconds or two minutes yeah. at like a hundred bucks a pop. And I did some rough math with the hours in a day, daylight, to the amount of, you know, dusk to dawn or dawn to dusk. And, and I, my rough numbers, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm completely wrong, but your it, math wrong. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I know that's $10 billion. <laughs> I, I think I've done rough numbers around 250 to $300,000. Right. Really? In one month. Wow. Yeah. Now any Christmas tree farm will tell you, then it takes about 20 to 25 years to get it up and running yearly because you yes. got to keep replanting, and these trees take a while to grow. There's right. no magic formula to get them to just 
pop up out of the ground. So. It's a little organization to figure it all out. Yeah, but it's good. And, I mean, if you started one, like if you had a family one yeah. years ago, that's mm. not too far out of the way yeah. in the GTA. Yeah. You've literally been sitting on a piece of property that, uh, as long as it's not in the green belt anymore. Right. Right. <laughs> Could be worth a ton. It's a cash business. Yeah. So, anyhow, something to consider. If you're looking to do some farming, one month a year, I'll take it. But, yeah, if you're going to uh, carve up your pumpkin, just carve it. Don't eat it. Don't turn it into a butternut squash of some oh, sort. Don't try and feed it to me. How was your weekend? Hope everybody had a good one. It's uh, very, very nipply out there right now. But it's mm-hmm. uh, supposed to get uh, much warmer. And by, like, mid to late week, back up to, like, 21 yeah, and then right down in the toilet for the weekend. Though. Yeah. Yeah, that is that time of year to look at people. Uh, people say they love the fall, which I never really understood. Mm. Because we know what's coming. Right. And it's not good. Well, those that complain about heat. But then they'll complain about the cold, too. Yeah, they'll, they'll complain about heat all summer, and then they'll spend ten grand to go to Jamaica in February. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to Rock Mornings. Um... American Idol. You still do, do people still watch American Idol? Is, is it still on? I think it is. And they got X Factor. They got uh, America's Got Talent. I, I think it's still on, but I I, I haven't paid attention. No, it's I been never a really long got time. into it. Oh, really? Eh? No. Yeah, no. The uh, it was uh, uh, for a for a beat there. It was a show that uh, me and Maria and the boys watched when they were younger. Especially when it got down to the top ten. Mm. Or we would, when they finally had all their, I can't remember, was it 25 singers maybe they'd start off with? And we would all kind of try to pick our, you know, what we thought were going to be the top ten. Right. And uh, we uh, we were, we hung in there for a few years. But, uh, yeah, it's been a while since we, uh, since we watched it. Um, American Idol, uh, of course, uh, had some amazing talent and some terrible talent who went on to do fairly well. William Hung was certainly in the department of she bangs. Uh, yeah, of terrible auditions. But his album Inspiration sold more copies than the debut album of five of the 15 people who won during the show's original run. Wow. Well, I think there was a, a point in time when people were just texting in and voting for the worst to see how long they could hang in there. Right. Yeah, there was a blowback factor to it all. Yeah. As well in that, where it was almost like the anti-hero. Yeah, that's right. In Thailand, every single family is legally required to have a different name. Okay. Is it so, surname? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. So if two people have the same last name, it means they're related. Oh. Yeah. No African country has ever hosted the Olympics. All right. The only TV show that was canceled while the first episode was still airing was a sketch comedy show called Turn On. <laughs> that's, not that's, that's not good. They turned off Turn On. <laughs> Didn't um, uh, remember Mad About You from the nineties? Right. It was it used to? It was a part of Must See TV. I, it, Paul Reiser and Hed- yeah, Helen Hunt. That's right. I think it got a revival, and I think it made it through. The first episode, mm-hmm. but I think they canceled it. The revival after the first episode, really? Yeah, but this this they got canceled during. Yeah, so it aired at eight thirty on February fifth, nineteen sixty nine, on ABC, and they canceled it before nine p.m. <laughs> Didn't even make plug. a half hour. No, pulled the plug. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you imagine that, like the 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 debriefing after that. Yeah. So how'd we do? <laughs> the reason RX is used for prescriptions is because it's a uh, short version of the Latin word recipe, which means take. Really? Yeah. The British version of Dollar Tree, you know the Dollar Tree store? Yeah. It's called Poundland. Oh, I think I've seen one called Pound Town, which is so much better. Have you been to Pound Town? I've done, <laughs> no. <laughs> the player who goes first in Connect Four. Now, nah, Connect Four is a fun game. Great cottage yeah. game. Yeah. The player who goes first in Connect Four can win 100% of the time, assuming you start in the center column and you play perfectly. Okay. I guess it's like X's and O's, right? Is there a spot with X's and O's that you got to... Well, I mean, everyone goes for the center right right away. Yeah. But then, yeah, I don't know about a perfect play, but you've got to certainly have a little strategy involved there. When was the last time you played X's and O's? Uh, we play with the kids. I remember waiting for dinners at tables and stuff right. like that in restaurants. Oh, yes, when they'd get the, yeah, the yeah. piece of paper and the crayon. Mm-hmm. That's right. Or hangman. Yeah, good time wasters. That's fun. Now we just play it on the phone. (laughs) And the phrase, blowing smoke up your ass. You know, we all know that phrase. Right. Comes from the late 1700s when doctors would give tobacco enemas to drowning victims to resuscitate them. What? Doctors knew nothing back then. Seems like something out of the Princess Bride. Remember, uh... Billy Crystal's character. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly it. Someone just that was a thing. You. Someone just saves you from drowning. The shock of drowning, and then the shock of getting smoke blowing up your ass. Maybe that's what revives you. <laughs> what are you doing? If this doesn't do it, nothing will. Look who joins us. It's Ted Reader for Wild Fork and Whitby. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, boys. Morning, Teddy. How are you? Can't complain, can't complain, you know? No, why would you? Well, a lot of people do. That's all they I do, know. to be honest. That's it. Some people do. <laughs> That's but our Teddy never complains. Um, no, never, ever. One complaint that many of us have, and rightfully so these days, is the cost of food and, mm. and constantly trying to uh, budget to feed a family. And one of the things I notice uh, at the grocery store is uh, still the cost of uh, chicken drumsticks or thighs, the dark meat, um, is still relatively uh, priced and reasonable. So you can feed a family, and I do love a drumstick. You can feed a family uh, with the thighs and the drumsticks. What's some tricks? I know you do that slash. Is it What do you call it, the slash and grill with the uh, drumstick? Yeah, you, with the drumsticks, definitely the slash and grill. Slash the drumsticks, season them up, get the spices in all the slashes, grill them up on the grill nice and easy, pull them off the grill, toss them in a little sauce, and chow down. Yeah, they're beautiful. And it's it's fun. Like, dark meat's got uh, a little more fat to it, a little more flavor than the breast, and uh, pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you'll find is, you know, boneless, skinless thighs are a little bit more expensive than the bone-in, skin-on chicken thigh. Mm-hmm. And they're a little leaner as well. And they're they're quick and easy to do. You can do lots of things with them from making tacos or sandwiches or just having them on their own. Throw them on the grill and nice and easy to do. Ted, I know any time that I've uh, done either you know chicken thighs or wings, and as you said, they're a little bit more fat uh, involved in it, so they get flare-ups, uh, and a lot of them. Uh, is there a, a particular method or a way to, to, to cut down on that? Yes, uh, a little more of a, an indirect, and you don't have to cook on high. Right. So turn your heat down a little bit, 
and you'll have less flare-up. Um, if you're, you know, as the weather gets colder, you're, you're going to cook with the lid closed more on your grill. So better thing is to sear them with the lid open and get a, a nice little crispiness all on the outside. Move them to the indirect side of the grill, close the lid, and let them roast like they were in your oven. Nice and easy, and you'll reduce your, uh, your, your flare-ups there. I've also seen, and I think I saw this in one of your cookbooks, you can also take the drumsticks and, and wrap them in bacon, or you can treat them like a chicken wing and, and, yep. and coat them like in a hot sauce or a, a wing sauce. Yes, for sure. Um, you know, they're, they're a little meatier than a chicken wing, and they go a little bit further. The, uh, the other thing is to cut around the knuckle part of the drumstick mm. and then pull the meat down and then smoke them for a little bit and then finish them off in the, in the grill, and you get more like a chicken lollipop. Right. Oh, that's, that's right. a great idea, too, as we get towards entertaining season, right? If you're going to have people that's over it. and you want to buy maybe a little cheaper cut of meat like a drumstick and make it look fancier. That's it, exactly. Peel it down and pull the meat down off. So you just cut around that knuckle part, pull it down, season it up, and cook them off. And you can, you know, if you're if you're doing a party, you can uh, pre-do these in your oven, and then you, then they're partially cooked. Well, you got to take them to 160, and then just finish them on the grill, quick and easy, and mm. you won't have the flare-ups either. So you mean you can do lots of different methods to it. You have that pellet smoker, Lucky. Yep. They'll work beautifully in your pellet smoker. Right, yeah. And and I think, you know, one of the things that you taught me early on, Teddy, and uh, and got me in on was the instant thermometer. Uh, that that it, it works so quickly and you really don't even have to insert it that far either. Just get the, the just get the tip in like we normally do. Um, <laughs> that's it. Just get the t- <laughs> but but it really is two important. of the biggest perverts I've ever met in my life for you two guys. I tell you, put the tip in and move it Just around. Just put the tip in. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's all you need. Ted. Wiggle it around a little. Right. When you're not Don't working with much, you got to know what though. to do with it. Um, that's it. Listen, and then, no, but it's important because if you're cooking chicken for a group of people, you got to make sure you don't hurt anybody, right? Something just moved in my pants. <laughs> just putting the tip in. Um, it, it, when you're an instant read thermometer, a digital thermometer, very important piece of equipment um, because you need to know the internal temperatures. If you're cooking a brisket, you want to know when it gets up through the certain stages. If you're cooking chicken, you want to make sure that it's well done. Um, for drums and thighs, you know, they, they say chicken is fully cooked at 160 degrees Fahrenheit, which is true. It is. Mm. But if you want it to be super tender like those thighs and those drums, you want to take them up to closer to like 180, 185 oh. degrees. And they'll peel right off the bone and they're so still moist and juicy. A chicken breast. Take it to 160, let it rest for a few minutes, and then you're going to have a moist and juicy breast. If you take that breast up to 185, it'll be dry like your shoe. Right. So different, you know, the the, the food inspection agency and the, and the food guidelines are, you know, cook it to 160 so that it's a, that it's fully cooked. But uh, certain things require to go a little bit longer. Like right. a brisket, you want to take to 203 degrees and then let it rest. Yeah, I've just always found, like with a brisket, it's easier. It's a massive cut of meat you're putting your thermometer in. You're, you're going core deep when you're putting your thermo- yeah. thermometer in that one. It's, when you get a little chicken wing or, or drumstick, it's tough to, to get that deep in there. 
That's it. Well, the reason I do that slash and grill is that you can see down uh, to the bone, and you can see when the bone is gray uh, that you're cooked all the way through, and you don't want to have that pinkishness or still the pink bone. You want to cook that fully through. Gotcha. And that's and really, you know, using the thermometer is when you put it in, especially with a piece of meat that's got bones in it, you don't want to be touching the bone. You want to be in the thickest part of the meat, mm. and uh, and then read your thermometer and see where it takes you from there. All this talk of just putting the tip in in warm, moist <laughs> breast is getting me all tingly. Kurt's going to have a moment. He's going to have a moment. Maria's not coming home early today. <laughs> Teddy, if people He's like, to... I'm staying away from that guy. He's going to have many moments. Yeah, I, got a, I, got a, I got a lot of ideas floating around in my melon. Uh, Teddy, if people want to talk uh, chicken thighs or drumsticks or putting the tip in or warm, moist breasts, how do they get a hold of you? You're going to find me at Ted Grills. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.